Welcome to Hope Church Winter Garden. This week's podcast is part of our Filters series. So when I try to follow other people's advice and I try to use their map and their filters, it doesn't ever work out that way. In fact, I had some examples I wanted to show you really quick. Um, yes. So I don't know about your life, but my life is more on the right most of the time. But we want this filtered, perfect life on the left. And it just doesn't happen like that. Here, here's a, another one. Um, Cookie Monster Cupcakes. You ever do that for your kid's birthday party? Yeah, that's um, definitely nailed it on that one. Um, Here's another one. The Minion Cake. Yeah, we have some more here. There's another one. Yeah. I'm like, that's a great idea. And it doesn't. This is horrifying. Rubber Ducky Cupcakes. Nailed it, right? And that is the whole idea, is I think we want to live a certain life, but the life we end up with is this wonderful, awesome, beautiful mess. Because we are trying to live through somebody else's Photoshop-filtered life, and it doesn't really work out that way. Um, there's a, a verse in the Bible that is one of my favorite verses. And uh, so if you'll, you'll, you know, turn or click over to uh, John 10. And in John 10, 10, it says this. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I think what happens is our mindset is we wake up every morning and we don't understand that we're in a battle. We don't get our mind right. We don't start our day off correctly. So what we do is it's almost like we just wake up and then the world leans on us and the world happens to us. You know, we, we started to have to change the way we used words in our house. Um, for, for example, there's certain words you're not allowed to say. Um, it's not those words that you're thinking. Uh, you're not allowed to use church as a noun. Because the problem is you can take most sentences where somebody is talking about church and replace the word with church with bank, and it would make sense. That's a problem. It's not a place that you go. It's not a time that you go. Right? It's more of a verb. And so what we do is we don't tell our kids to have a good day. Like, you are a horrible father. The problem is that makes them a victim. Because if I say have a good day, what I'm saying is there is not a thief out to steal and kill and destroy. And I hope it just works out for you. I just hope you have a good day. I hope on the way home you don't get eaten by an alligator or whatever. Like I just hope you're just not a victim. But when I say I hope the day has a good you, now I'm getting their mind ready. You see, I don't know what's going to happen in your life in the next 24 hours. But what I do know is that we can control how we feel about that. See, I think what we do is we chase happiness and happiness ends up now meaning, I think, entertained. Like, do I feel good? Am I entertained? I'm happy. See, I think a better translation of the word is here in John, is that I didn't come to just give you life, but I came to make you happy. 
No. He says, I came to give you life to the full. We're going to talk about that in a couple weeks about fulfillment. See, what happens is we chase happiness. But what really we desire is fulfillment. And I don't know about you, but most of the people I interact with every day, they are not living a full life. They are living an empty life. Most moms are tired. Most dads are bored. And I think what happens is we think, oh, Jesus came to save us. Great. Now we're going to phone it in till heaven. And we're just going to be like, great. Jesus saved me. Awesome. One day we'll get to heaven and then it's going to be awesome. But that's not what he said. He said, I didn't come to just save you and give you life. But I came that you might have life to the full. That you'll have this overflowing life. That you'll have this amazing adventure. But we don't live that way. And I think it's because we have a wrong paradigm. A paradigm is just a map. Any of you, you uh, hate using uh, the GPS. If, If I follow that GPS all the time, yeah, it would take me over a cliff at some point. And so we get the wrong directions. No guys will raise their hand, but like I'm, hor- I have no sense of direction. I get, I've lived in the same house for 19 years. I get lost going home still. I'm like, why am I in Titusville? I don't even live. I thought I was going the right way, right? And so uh, here's, um, here's some of my favorites. Um, this is a great map of how to get. Uh, apparently this is for Jesus to walk on water, and then you can go over there. Uh, but also, um, one of my goals in, in life, um, I'm going to be going out to California here in, in about a week. And uh, the Google Street View, have you ever seen those drive around? Oh, it's where they, do, they go and they take the 360-degree views of your house and stuff. It's like, I just want to know when they're coming by my house. Because I want to make the most awkward crime scene-looking thing that's ever happened. Like I want to go and just jump in front of that car as they're taking pictures. And someday, somewhere, somebody's going to be Google somebody's address. And there's just like this, just whole weird. In fact, they caught one the other day. Um, this is called LARPing. It's actually a real thing. Um, the street view is like just these guys randomly having a sword fight. That's amazing. Right. Uh, But what's frustrating is I think most people's life is like this next map. Um, You know, head southeast, turn left, and then make a U-turn, 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 make a U-turn. Is that most people that we interact with? It's kind of like we make some mistakes so we end a relationship to just get in another relationship to make a U-turn. I hate my job. Oh, I love my new job. Six months later, they're making a U-turn and they hate their job again. Right? It's U-turn after U-turn after U-turn. I know um, this happens to me all the time. I make these U-turns in my life. And I come back to some of the same problems. Why? Because I have the wrong map. There was was this family. There was a dad and uh, he had... He had three kids, and he was traveling on a train. And the kids, I don't know if you've ever uh, traveled uh, on a train or in a plane. This happens to me all the time, um, where the kid thinks my seat 
is a soccer ball. And mom is sitting right there. And this kid is just like kicking my seat all the time. I'm like, the mom, like, are they not seeing this? Like, what is going on? Uh, we used to, we used to, I would go out to dinner uh, with my friends and there'd be this table and the kids are just like horrible. And I had to text my friend the other day. I was like, hey, remember that table we used to always talk about? Like, those are my kids right now. Like, it's like, why aren't you doing something about your children? Do you not see it? So finally, this lady was getting really upset because these kids were just going crazy. And the dad was just kind of looking out to the window. And he just was kind of staring off into the distance. And these kids were just acting crazy. And finally, somebody spoke up and said, sir, are you going to do something about your children? And he kind of said, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. We're, we're leaving their mother's funeral. And I guess I just don't know how to deal with all this. You see that, that person, you see what happened is all your maps changed in an instant. You had a map where, just like your phone, you are the center of your universe. The map becomes about me if I'm not careful. And so I have this map and everybody that is an inconvenience to me versus everybody is an opportunity for me. That I can actually breathe life into people. And that's where we have to look at that maybe we have a wrong map. Um, I want to do a quick test for you. So I'm going to play this video, and I need you to just uh, remember what number you come up with, okay? So let's play this video. This is an awareness test. How many passes does the team in white make? Go! The answer is 13. The, the I keep playing it for the, yeah, just start it over. How many passes does the team in white make? The answer is 13. But did you see the moonwalking bear? Okay, so... The first time you watched it, you had a filter, right? Because if I just said watch this video, you would maybe notice a moonwalking bear. But when I say now you have to count things, and you have a to-do list, and you have an agenda, and you have everything that you need to get done in the world, what happens? You miss the moonwalking bear. Do you understand that God puts moonwalking bears in our life all the time? 
they are opportunities for compassion. They're opportunities for us to learn something. It, it's like the Holy Spirit is trying to say, hey, look at this thing over here. This would be amazing, and it would change your life in three generations. But I am running late. I have to get this to-do list done. This person's inconveniencing me. And we end up missing all of it. So what I want to contend is that there's really two types of maps. There's the world map, and then there's the word map. And so turn with me to Romans 12. So I'm going to put it on the screen, verse 2, and I want to explain the end of the verse because this is at the end of the day. What you want for your kids is you want your kids to be happy. right? You want the people in your life to be happy. And so at the end, it says this, like halfway through it, it say, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I can take every question that generally anybody has and it can be summed up in that last part, is that we just want to know what God's will is. We just want to know, like, hey, if you could just let me know. Send me an email, send me a text, let me know what I need to do, and I'm just going to do that because I'm going to trust in that. But the problem is, that's not how it happens. But we want to know what that good, perfect, pleasing will is. But what's great is the beginning of the verse it says that we actually could know how to do that, which is an insane idea. But it says this, is that do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. If you actually look up the word paradigm, one of the definitions it will give you is it's a pattern. It is a way of thinking that each and every one of us in this room have a pattern. And we have great things in that pattern and we have things that aren't so great. It doesn't matter. You take every individual in this room I'm talking to me here. I have patterns that are great. I have patterns that are destructive. And so it says, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, that the world is going to feed you a map. It's called advertising. So I got to work in advertising for a long time. And when you learn this one principle, you become very successful and you make a lot of money. And it's this is that all advertising is based on discontent. If I can make you not like yourself or something about your situation, and you believe that by getting that thing, it will make you happy, then I have won. The thief comes to rob and steal and destroy, and it takes the form of a commercial much of the time. Because I say, hey, you'd be happier if you did this. Because we are chasing this happiness. I want to give you an example of, of this. So one of the, my, my daughter um, is beautiful. I prayed she wouldn't be. Um, you know, not like hunchback, but like not so beautiful. And uh, 250,000 times by the time she turns 18, she will see a piece of advertisement that will say that there's something wrong with her body. Discontent. If you don't like your, you know, it's this thing like everybody with straight hair wants curly hair, everybody with curly hair wants straight hair. And like we can just make a lot of money off of selling products and things. We just let the straight-haired people know that curly hair is awesome and look how happy she is. And if you just had curly hair, you'd be as happy as she is. 
right? Meanwhile, the curlier people, we go, I, yeah, I know, it's such a mess, right? Like, look at this straight hair. Look at all those, look how much attention she's getting because she has straight hair, right? That's the thief that is trying to rob this joy from your life. Uh, so uh, a couple of advertising friends got together and they made uh, this example. And I want to show you what, um, what filters will do because we are trying to chase this kind of Pinterest life that is impossible, and you'll see why. So I'm going to play this clip for you. becomes this filtered life that we chase and we'll never find happiness because the minute we find happiness they stop making money and so what we have to do is change our map so in Romans 12 I, I love what it says right after this so we'll go back to that verse and it says don't be conformed to the world but it tells us what we have to do to replace it See, I think a lot of times, if we just start telling our kids, like, hey, stop doing that, stop doing this, you just tell everybody in the world, stop, 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 but we don't tell them maybe something else, right? Like, even Paul says, stop stealing, but then do this with your hands. You know, if he said, hey, just stop stealing, that just doesn't work out. But we have to replace that with something else. So don't be conformed to the patterns, the paradigm of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, so I want to try something here to give you an example. This becomes your mind, okay? These are your thoughts. Do you understand that everything begins here? That's what, that if you want to find that good, pleasing, perfect will of God, if you want to try, if you want to find true fulfillment and happiness, what Romans 12, 2 says is that you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Your thoughts. But most of us, we have thoughts that are filled with fear of all the reasons why we can't do something, of regrets. We, we put all these things in, that's our thoughts. Now what's interesting is I can almost overhear somebody's conversation and in their words, I can tell you what their map is. Right, like you can do that, right? You, you have that negative friend. They're, if they're sitting next to you, just don't say anything. But None of you are like that. But I'm just saying that other person, right, where there's negativity. And you just start like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if, and then it's, well, you know, why that wouldn't work. Right? Or, oh, I'm so frustrated at this. Or, 
the words they use, what happens? It's how they view the world. They have this map of thoughts that turn into the things they say. One of my favorite, favorite verses is uh, in Proverbs. Uh, so if we go to Proverbs 18.20, we'll put it on the screen here for you. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death. Those who love it will eat its fruit. The power of life and death is in the tongue. You know, when they say that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, that's such a lie. There's a lot of, lot of times where a broken bone that heals, and, but those words, they're still hurting. The power of life and death is in the tongue that, that um, you know, I deal with a lot of social media. And I see this all the time, is that the power of a word becomes a curse on somebody's life. I was going to, I was, uh, I, I got home uh, late and I was uh, going to be doing a periscope about the origins of Halloween. And I was really excited about it uh, because, uh, fun fact, Halloween and Mardi Gras are the only two holidays ever originated by the church uh, that they're now against, pretty much. Uh, meanwhile, all the other ones weren't originally their idea. They were used to conquer cultures. And I was going to do this periscope about it because there's so much misinformation. I was going to tell the history of it. And I was so excited, and I was going to do it right at midnight. And it was going to be this really cool ghost story thing. I got my flashlight. I'm ready to go. And a friend texted me and said, hey, I, I'm sorry to bother you. I need your help. I was texting them back, and their whole world had fallen apart. And I, I spent an hour and a half on the phone, and it was because somebody spoke some words into their life, and they are living that out. For most of my life, I thought I was stupid because I have learning disabilities. And so the teacher spoke death over me because I'm stupid. They didn't know I heard. They didn't know I was outside the office, and I could hear the entire conversation. But those words were spoken into me. And so our words become our actions. So when we allow fear to enter into our life, and we speak that, and we tell it to ourselves, because sometimes the worst words that are spoken are not from somebody else, but what we tell ourselves every day, then those become our actions. How we view the world. See, if I have thoughts that the world revolves around me and I tell myself I deserve this and I listen to media constantly telling me I deserve it, then what am I going to do? I'm going to take actions that are going to probably get me deeper in debt, actions that are probably a little bit destructive. But see, those actions over time become our habits. See, what I do consistently become my habits. My habits ultimately become my character, who I am as a person. So when we say, well, this person is this way, people don't change. We, we use words like that, and none of that's true. But the fact is that it is their character. It's that container that we put everything in. We say, are they a reliable person? Are they negative? It's not because one time they were late or one time they were negative. 
It was they were that consistently over time became a habit for them, and the collection of those habits is that's what we say about them. But you know that your character ultimately determines your destiny, your dream. You see, God has this good, perfect, pleasing will that he has for each one of us. He's designed us in unique and wonderful and amazing ways. But you know the problem? I meet few people that ever get to reach this kind of life that God designed for them. <clears throat> this guy, he died and he went to, he went to heaven. And he asked God, he was this really big uh, World War II he just loved history and generals and war strategy. And so he asked God, and he said, God, who is the greatest general that you ever created? And God said, oh, that's easy. It's, it's that guy right over there. And the man said, well, wait a second. I knew him on earth. He was a janitor. And God said, ah, but if he only would have been a general. See, most of us have this amazing destiny. And God said, ah, oh, if they just would do this. See, we think that God can do anything, and it's not true. There's a lot of things God can't do. You know, God can't share the same space with hate. God doesn't choose to love. He is love. So he can't share the same space that's why we're separated from him. You know, God cannot remember your past. Like, this is crazy idea, is that once, once you're forgiven, uh, it says that he puts your sin as far away as the east is from the west, which is this really interesting idea, because think about it. If you imagine a globe for me, and I'm going north, and then at some point, I'm going south. And then I start going north again. But if you imagine that same globe and I start going east, I don't ever stop going east. If I go west, I never stop going west. Meaning that the east from the west God is saying is a mathematical impossibility that I take all of those things that are in your life and I am going to put them into a mathematical impossibility. That if you went to God and you said, hey, remember that time I did this? God would say, I have no idea what you're talking about. If God can't remember, why are we? That's another one of the filters that we're going to be talking about over the next couple weeks. We're going to be talking about fulfillment. We're going to be talking about filters. And so if we want this amazing life that God has for us, I want you to think that maybe we should work backwards. That if we want this, we need to be real about our character. And that we need to look at our habits that maybe we need to look at the actions that we take, that maybe we look at the words we use and we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. That in this envelope, 
today, you get to start what you're going to start to put in here. Are you going to feed fears? What kind of things are we going to put in here? Because what we start putting into our mind, if we fill it with 250,000 times that you're not beautiful, then do you think it's going to affect your words? Because that when somebody wants to give you a compliment and you say, no, that's not me. It's because they think they're not beautiful. And so then they have to take actions and then they do that over time and they've become consumed by the world. Because most of us, the world's going to lean on us. But what I want for each and every one of you is that we're going to wake up and start leaning on the world. That we can start to speak life into people can live this extraordinary life, but it all begins with how you view the world, what your paradigm is. If you look at anything fulfilling in your life, it was not easy. Most of the most fulfilling things that have ever happened to you were inconvenient, but you live in a world that loves cheap that loves comfort. But that's not where we're meant to live. And all of that is what we call hope. And so there was a dream to plant hope in a community and invite people into an adventure together to spread that hope throughout the world. Thank you for listening to today's message. Visit us at hopewintergarden.com to connect with us.